0: You're standing in the middle of Fish Lake National Forest, surrounded by 47,000 quaking aspen trees. You look around at the sea of spindly white trunks and listen to the building rattle of the flapping leaves that give the quaking aspen its name. But here's the thing. This isn't really a forest. Those 47,000 trunks aren't individual aspens, and the rustling you're hearing isn't actually the sound of thousands of discrete trees. It's the collective voice of one giant organism. I'm Abby Peralt, and this is Atlas Obscura. A daily celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we'll meet Pando, the trembling giant. We'll trace the journey of how Pando grew to be this big, what's causing it to shrink, and how it became one of America's most talked-about trees. After this.
1: along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will
2: be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
0: of a detour. Pando is Latin for "I spread And that's exactly what this aspen has been doing in southern Utah for up to 80,000 years. Way, way back, it began as a single tree and spread outwards and upwards until it became the biggest organism by mass on the planet. Today, it covers 106 acres and weighs some 13 million pounds. And at the heart of its growth is its sensitivity.
3: Well, Aspen are really susceptible to a lot of things because uh, I term it that they are thin-skinned, meaning their bark is very thin and they get infected very easily.
0: That's Paul Rogers, the director of the Western Aspen Alliance and a professor at Utah State University. He studies aspen ecosystems across the globe and first met Pando about 15 years ago.
3: So when they are injured or killed, response is to make a lot of babies asexually through the root system. So, uh, you know, I say if it's pinched or poked or hurt or chopped, uh, its response is to send up a lot of uh, what we call root suckers that turn into baby trees.
0: Those baby trees then grow into what look like individual adult trees, but are all genetically identical and connected underground by one sprawling root mass. In other words, Pando has been quietly cloning itself for likely thousands of years.
3: It bends our mind a little bit about what's the difference between a tree and a forest, but also even further if our minds are open between an individual and a community.
0: If you zoom out, the trees and the forest begin to blur. And so does the forest and the unusual amount of different beings that rely on it and live in it, from cavity-nesting birds to underground fungi. But for some time, Pando, the trembling giant, was relatively obscure in the human world.
2: I drove through it completely. There's a road through it. I I just crisscrossed through it like... Four times, because I didn't know where it was. The Google Maps didn't tell me.
0: That's Brad Einstein. He's a comedian, and he first heard about Pando on Reddit. But when he drove out to see it while on a road trip, he had a surprisingly hard time finding one of the largest organisms on the planet.
2: And then I finally, like, pulled into the tackle shop and general store in the town, like, a mile away from it. And it had, like, on a whiteboard was written, like, home of the Pando clone. And I think the owner's daughter drew, like, this very cute sort of, like, um, Aspen drawing on it. Which I was like, hey, this is uh, a pretty cool thing that perhaps deserves a bit more than a whiteboard.
0: So he decided to do something about it. Enter his comedy partner.
2: Oh, no, I'm Kyle Niemer.
0: To be clear, Brad and Kyle weren't the first out-of-staters to get excited about Pando. They were part of a larger Pando awakening that was starting to take root across Reddit and around the world. Pando was becoming a bit of a celebrity, but maybe not for the reason you'd think. Here's Paul again.
3: Since the last 10 years or so, it has become more well-known, I I think partly because of the biggest, largest, fastest that that we're often attracted to, but also to the fact that such a a creature that's been around for likely thousands of years is falling apart on our watch. If you or I walked into a town and there was 50,000 residents and all of them were above the age of 80, um, this is not a very sustainable formula for the health and well-being of that town. They're dying. There's nothing, in quotes, wrong with that. However, where's the next generation or the next two or three generations?
0: Pando is like an aging town that could be on its way to becoming a ghost town. And it's all because something is destroying the next generation. The killers behind it?
3: Ungulates. Ungulates. Ungulates? Ungulates are just animals, mammals with hooves.
0: Mammals with hooves and an appetite for baby aspen trees.
3: There's too many deer and cattle.
2: We're not going to talk about the cattle because... Can't talk about the cattle. Heaven forbid we talk about the cattle. That's going to make the ranchers very mad.
0: So this is where Pando's story starts to get a little political. For decades, ranchers in southern Utah have brought their livestock here to graze. The baby aspen shoots, which are so nutrient dense, are prime cow snacks. And then there's the deer population, which has ballooned for all sorts of reasons, from tourism to hunting.
2: Like the wolves were there and they killed all the wolves. So then all the deer came, but then the hunters didn't wanna walk too far to get to the deer. So they brought more deer in so it was easier to hunt, which then makes it easier for these animals to come in and eat the aspen shoots before they're fully grown.
0: As Pando continued to shrink, its following kept growing. It started making headlines in mainstream news and celebrity blogs. Someone started a tech publication called the Pando Daily. People formed the Pando Populous, an LA-based nonprofit, and took the Pando pilgrimage, led by religious and spiritual leaders. Brad and Kyle made a comedy video about Pando, accompanied by a fundraiser called the Pando Pledge. Because Pando isn't just the world's most massive organism. People also see it as one of the planet's clearest examples of interconnection, of individuals acting in community.
3: These natural systems provide wonderful examples for sort of a path forward, not just ecologically, but socially.
0: And maybe more than anything else, people are thinking what would it mean to sit back and watch that metaphor die?
3: Native and indigenous populations lived pretty compatibly with these systems for a very long time. But when we amp things up to an industrial scale, the cascading effects are real and evident that our wildlife are not always as wild as we think, and that the numbers of deer and elk, for example, are highly managed. And we as a society, for better or for worse, have tried to keep the numbers high so that we can sell more hunting licenses and so that we keep the, the, the folks that are interested in hunting coming back. People have made these decisions. Likewise, people make decisions about where and when we place cattle on the landscape.
0: If you talk to different people, you might get a few different answers as to what decisions should be made about Pando's future.
2: The answer's a fence, and it's seventy grand.
0: While Brad and Kyle's Pando pledge didn't raise the $70,000 they would have needed to fully fund the fencing, they did end up bringing in enough money for some improved signage. Brad and Kyle see it as a way to get people to care, opening up a small gateway into taking action on other, bigger problems.
2: I think also comes to that, I don't know, nuance of our generation that we need to change, that paradigm shift of, like, this thing is beyond us, so let's keep doing it as it is. Like, maybe this could be the shift. That, no, it's not. We can save it. We can change things.
0: Already, things are changing for Pando. Researchers have fenced off two sections, and the results have been good. Baby aspen trees are growing back, healthy and strong.
3: But here's the philosophical part. Do we want our wild lands to become artificial museums, to become fenced in?
0: To be clear, Paul does see the fence as a solution, but as more of a band-aid than a cure. It might restore Pando, but it doesn't quite get to the root of the problem.
3: This is a reflection of our larger world. Uh, And is this how we want to handle problems? What happens when we have thousands or millions of acres and we have some of the same issues?
0: In other words, it's not really just about Pando and our favorite supervillains, the ungulates. If we really take the Pando metaphor to heart, Those 47,000 trees are all one organism, and so are all of the species that call those trees home. And maybe if you zoom out, so are those millions of acres of aspen Paul is talking about across the globe. And maybe if you zoom out just one more time, so are we, from the air we breathe, to the places we go and the things we eat, to the stuff we post on Reddit
3: all kinds of other species are linked to these very important um, and biodiverse systems, not only here in Utah at Pando, not only across the West, but are actually linking uh, aspen species around the world. The idea that everything is linked to other things is true, but also not only in a physical sense, but in our ideas and our philosophy and how we're going to try to live uh, on the land, with the land instead of against the land.
0: Thank you so much to Paul Rogers, Brad Einstein, and Kyle Niemer for taking the time to talk. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes...
1: Dylan Therese Doug Baldinger Chris Naka
0: Camille Stanley Sarah Wyman
3: Manolo Morales
0: Chilenya Onike Maddie Weinberg Camille Mojica Tracy Samuelson
3: John Delore
1: Peter Clowney
0: our technical director is
1: Casey Holford.
0: This episode was mixed by
3: Luce Fleming.
0: Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Abby Peralt. Thanks for joining me.
2: Witness Docs from Stitcher. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack.
0: But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
1: The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.